0: A Mental Health Break is back. Thank you for tuning in once again. And a big thank you to Josh for introducing Jen Gellock and myself. We have a great conversation ahead. We chatted last week. We got to know each other a bit. And now I learned all the value she can add to this show because of her openness to share her story. So Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to join our community of Mental Health Champions.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this conversation today.
0: I am as well, especially because we got the chance to meet each other normally with a lot of these podcasts. It's cold. I don't I don't meet someone until they come mm-hmm. on the show. But before we dive into it, big love and shout out to our show sponsor, Dr. Carlos Garcia and Tampa Counseling and Wellness. They have just added a bunch of new services to their portfolio with New professionals coming on, so be sure to head to TampaCW.com if you feel like you need a conversation with a professional. Remember, you are not alone. But Jen, we're going to ask you now to do your part to let us know we're not alone. Please share your story.
1: Uh, Where would I begin with telling my story? So just a little background and context um, of how I got to where I am now. I mean, I grew up in Westfield, Massachusetts. I was a three-sport athlete. I danced my whole life, and what happened was when I went way to college, I went to University of Tampa, which Vincent and I have in common, I uh, had no idea how to make friends without playing sports. I remember sitting in my room freshman year and being like, how do people even meet other people when you're not on a sports team? Because I've literally been on a team rotating with a group of friends since I was, what, like 10 years old. So... It was really foreign to me to be in a new environment and not have that built-in support group. So I want to say that's kind of where my my relationship with mental health really came to light for me just because I was really presented with who are you when you're not a certain identity anymore. And I did the only thing I knew how to kind of overcome that, and I walked myself over to the athletic department, where it was my comfort zone, and just asked if there was anything I could do to get involved. And I got introduced to Tom Colby, who's still the sports information director at University of Tampa, who introduced me to Tom Jesse, who's still the women's basketball coach. And I became um, a student assistant all of undergrad. And I say it was the best job on campus because, I got to room with the girls. I got to travel. I got all the swag. I got to go to every practice, but I didn't have to do the training anymore. And it was really great because I got to see what things were like from a coach's perspective, learning how to build a scout rapport, breaking down film. And I, um, from then, because of that experience, got an assistant coaching job up the road at St. Leo University in the same conference, Sunshine State Conference as Tampa. And I just remember actually just there was something off. I wasn't happy. I felt like I was like showing up to a place. I had a lot of imposter syndrome, mainly because a lot of my experience, I was coaching women who were like the same age as me, some of them. And I had to really overcome a lot of that imposter syndrome and leading others in a new way. And it was very, very difficult for me. Um, So (laughs) I kind of like evaluated what was um, next for me, Um, the coach who was I was working for she transitioned out I was just presented with opportunity. What's next. Um, I loved working with the girls off the court so I went to Central Michigan University and worked in their athletic department working with student athletes. And I helped them think about their academic support, um, their degrees, what they wanted to do. I ran the tutor program, and I just really saw things at a high level of athletics. Again, being around athletes who were just like myself, who had no idea what they wanted to do because they had just been an athlete their whole life. That's why I went back to school to get my doctorate. I got my PhD and started researching things about athletic identity and leadership and ended up doing my dissertation on job burnout. And why people were leaving college athletics? Again, I think there's like it's interesting our breadcrumbs lead us to things that we need ourselves, like things we're interested in, are things that become our story. Because my first job out of getting my PhD was in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. I went to University of North Alabama, and COVID happened, and. When the world shut down, my body didn't know how to handle that. While my mental health was still kind of always up and down most of my life, which is a little bit about my story, struggling through that imposter syndrome, achievement, trying to be perfect, I um, realized that a lot of my my pent up emotions around my mental health were like also causing me now to have physiological reactions and ended up having a panic a few panic attacks that sent me to the emergency room. I, um, I was thought I was having a heart attack, which if you've had a panic attack on the other listener on the other side of this, you know, that like, it's something that like, makes you feel like you you were going to die. So I had to learn strategies and dealing with anxiety in a whole new way. Um, because the doctors are like, we think you're just having anxiety. And I was like, well, I have self-managed anxiety my whole life. And this is something that feels completely different. So. I just started researching what was happening to me. And at the bottom of it, the very, very bottom, the root was just such low self-worth in myself and thinking I needed to achieve, to perform, to be externally validated, to ultimately feel loved. Um, and a lot of that, again, rooted from, I think, my athletic experience. I just went on this journey of writing and um, one of my, the biggest part of my story I would say now is that like I started writing and journaling every single day in the summer of 2020 to like become the researcher of my own life. And it led me somehow into writing poetry. It was just an expression that like wanted to come through in a new way. And in the last year i published my first collection of poetry. I left my job as a professor to, move into a more aligned space of work that I feel called to do. Uh, I've been on a spiritual journey. Um, and now I just really love, I feel like I'm on the other side of the really deep darkness that you are on the mental health. And I feel called to help others, which I know a lot of people, when you make it to the other side, you find the tools, you find the strategies, um, you want to share those those with others. So that's where I'm at right now in my journey. I'm just beginning to kind of share my gifts in a whole new way, share my experiences. And yeah, that was a lot, but that is my story.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your story. It helps countless people because you are not alone, everyone out there. And I've been typing up these show notes. I've already got a full episode of notes. We just got (laughs) going here. I really wanted to mark down here how to move past the identity that you've known your whole life Mm -hmm. and forming that new identity. Imposter syndrome. I think a lot of us can resonate with that. You mentioned coaching girls at your age or a younger, that definitely is shock, but you are qualified to be in that position or they wouldn't put you in that position. So don't forget that. Mm-hmm. It just may feel a little weird, but your skill sets evolved to a point where that age barrier didn't matter. Now that you mentioned you're on this other side of things, and again, congratulations on that. You've come mm-hmm. so far. I'm seeing you now, you're smiling and things mm-hmm. seem to be moving in the right direction. When you're dealing with imposter syndrome, what are some things that helped you get past that? Again, I know everyone out there tuning in, you're not alone. How are some, Mm -hmm. what are some things that helped you move so far past, I can say now?
1: Yeah, Um, I want to say one of the biggest things was learning who I was on like a deep, I would even say soul level of what made me me and learning how to accept those things. Cause for most of my life, I tried to change. I tried to be something for someone else or perform first. I'm a lot of performing. Um, And I realized that most of my 20s, I was actually really interested in personal development and leadership development. But I was taking personality assessments. I was taking career assessments just for someone to tell me who I was and what my values were. And what I realized through my writing practice, my daily writing practice, is that I got to define and uncover who I was by myself and I didn't need anyone outside of me to tell me who I was. It was already inside me. I just needed to contemplate with it, to be curious, to go treat myself almost like non-judgmentally, as like a a friend would and just get curious about what are the things that I loved who do I really think I am? And when I started to do that, creativity started to really present itself as like a value of mine um, and something that was deep at my core and I was not expressing it. I was almost like closeting it and I had to really learn, okay, it's okay to be creative and you can actually begin to love that part of yourself rather than cut it off and think no one else will love it, shame it um, and welcome it back home. So doing a lot of parts work of... Acknowledging there we are multidimensional beings, we have all these parts of ourselves, and like, how can we slowly begin to like build relationships with those different parts and love them all?
0: I think you hit so many great points there. And creativity is something that is a huge mental health boost. I stress mm-hmm. it even in one of my books. We have sixty thousand thoughts each day, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And if we're having thoughts we don't want to have, we can act in a creative way, and chances are our thoughts will shift. Uh, cool. I think I you're doing that. a great job here. And just like you said there, we don't want to push away the creative tendencies. I, mean, I was a finance student, MBA, taught to see things how it is and creativity, think much more out the <laughs> box as an entrepreneur. That's really what it's all about. But before yeah. I let you go here, Jennifer, what are some things you do to take care of your mental health? Something that can help out our audience?
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of things I do now on a daily basis. But I think, um, again, writing my poetry and having a daily writing and contemplative reflective practice, just checking in um, with a pen and like kind of going through uh, internal reflection process um, has really helped me. Um, Some other things that I really do um, that has shifted and I want to kind of Um, The word God has a, you know, if you've gone through any religious trauma can have an impact on your mental health. So I want to be careful using that word. My definition of God is the collective, collective loving consciousness of all that is. So you can replace that with divine force, source, the universe, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I've had to really build a relationship that there's something outside of me that is guiding me, that is protecting me, that is trying to show me the way. So I love to sync up to that. I have a lot of different practices for that as well. And then another tip, (laughs) another one I use is breath work. So that's really helping me connect to the physiological of, I realized a lot of my anxiety and depression was just like unmoved emotions, stored emotions um, from the past, but also just on a daily basis, not releasing the energy that's built up. So really just trying to move that through me, um with my breath is a great way to do it but any sort of movement um dancing stretching being gentle yoga with your body qigong um so I really just take a holistic mind body spirit um and emotional well-being approach these days and it's really helped me kind of shift not just my mental health but my physical my spiritual and my emotional well-being
0: well, I would have to stop you right there and ask, where can we find you online? Because you just gave so much value to mm-hmm. our audience. I want to thank yeah. you so much again for taking the time to join this podcast. Where can we say hello online? Where can we yeah. find you? About you?
1: Well, the first thing I want to invite everyone to, if you've liked what I said even about you want to start writing, I have a book called um, Half of Me, an Inward Journey Back Home to Wholeness, and it invites you as a reader, too. There's journal prompts, and it just chronicles my story. If you're looking for hope or inspiration, um, it's like my whole story through to how I've got to where I am today. Um, But on social media, I'm Jennifer underscore G-E-L-L-O-C-K on all social medias. Um, And if you're specifically an athlete, I specifically work with athletes as well. And you can go to inward athlete um, on all social medias as well, too.
0: Thank you for sharing that and everyone be sure to check her out online. She gave a lights out show and the show is at a mental health break on all social media. And I am at Vincent A. Lancy on YouTube and social. Be sure to head to YouTube so you can get some video clips from today's show under the A mental health break podcast. And with that, we are signing off both of us here in Tampa this time. Thank you so much, Jen.
1: Bye everyone.